Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the, I guess that's why they call it the Elton John podcast, podcast. Anything after a Caleb Quay interview is going to be a bit of a letdown, so I thought I may as well go for something truly disappointing, me nerding out over a bunch of Bernie's lyric sheets. Bernie is moving house, apparently, and he's taken the opportunity to auction off almost 200 lots with the proceeds going to an Armed Forces Veterans Charity and Elton's AIDS Foundation. There's all sorts of ephemera, a writing chair, sculptures, clothing, dozens of gold records, some lyric sheets for the hits that Bernie's written up and decorated with some noodly drawings, as well as more authentic original lyric sheets. There's a lot that's new here, so I thought that I'd have a look through and talk about what we've learned. I'm mostly going to be talking about the lyric sheets that look like early drafts with crossings out and what have you. They provide a window into Bernie's process. You can see which songs flowed from his pen and which ones he had to labour over. You can see how the process changed over the years. You can see the lines that Elton has discarded, rearranged and added whole stanzas in some cases, all the way down to petty little spelling errors that he's corrected. You can still buy the catalogue for the auction. I got mine a couple of days ago, $50 and another 20 odd to get it posted, not cheap. And it's a bit frustrating because the hardback Bernie book is just one of three books that are bundled together, the other two being full of some pretty impressive but irrelevant rock and pop memorabilia. The whole thing could have been a lot cheaper if they were just posting out the Bernie book, but that's life. They've got to promote their other sales. You always have the option of downloading the PDF. Uh, the link is in the episode description. I can't go on living without you oh my love i once said i could go on without your love i would be strong but things have changed and heaven's above i know that i need There are seven pre-Empty Sky songs represented here. None of them look like first drafts to me. There's Regimental Sergeant Zippo, The Year of the Teddy Bear, and I Can't Go On Living Without You, which has got on the back of that lyric sheet the lyrics from the chorus of And The Clock Goes Round, which dates the song to around about April 1968. I'm talking over the Stuart Brown version of I Can't Go On Living Without You, which was recorded and pressed ready for a release that year before the song was given over to Eurovision. 
it looks to me like I Can't Go On Living Without You is in Elton's handwriting. Same goes for the snippet of And The Clock Goes Round. I'd always thought that I Can't Go On Living Without You was written by Elton. Have a look and see what you think. It's not so much the handwriting. Bernie's handwriting was pretty inconsistent during this period. But it's the spelling and the correct use of apostrophes, not Bernie's strength. Much more interesting, though, are the three sets of lyrics and chords to songs that up till now we only knew the titles for. These are A Slow Fade to Blue, One Time, Sometime or Never, and Silas J. Hughes. Silas J. Hughes was a title which was peeking out in the montage of memorabilia in the centre pages of the Captain Fantastic Scraps book. Here we have the full lyric though, along with the chords, which you can hear me playing through in the background. The song's about a gardener, so it's another pastoral lyric from Bernie. A gardener who's doing his honest work in the garden of Hughes, a wealthy industrialist who, throughout the lyric, gets what's coming to him. Champagne and crystal are nothing but glass, but with all of his good things, how long can they last? And he's just a man who doesn't know the world in front of him. His life is false, his days untrue. The factories he runs are through with Silas J. Hughes. His hour has come, and now he pays the bill. I think in the end, the gardener ends up with a mansion, as far as I can establish. On Elton's side, there's a verse followed by a chorus, followed by what looks like a soup of chords and loads of non-repeating sections, which don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Even more exciting than this, on the other side of that piece of paper, is a list written by Elton, or Reg, um, of all the songs that he'd been involved in up until that point. So under Reg, Bernie is listed the following, Scarecrow, Dandelion Dies in the Wind, Mr. Lightning Striker Man, another song that we only know by title. One Time, Sometime or Never. 21, as a song that we've never heard of at all. And Velvet Fountain. Then under Reg, alone we've got Get Out of This Town. Here's to the next time. I get a little bit lonely. Can't you see it? I think that's new to us. The Witch's House, which we've always heard about, but we've never heard. Michael, Don't You Trust That Boy. We don't know that. One of these days is not familiar to me. 
if you could see me now again I don't know and a little love goes a long long way I think that has circulated and then under Reg John is this one song hey lord you made the night too long that's obviously the long John Baldry song that was released and then there's even more titles underneath that written by Elton again what do you want from me is written just floating off in the middle of the page and then altogether some more Reg and Bernie songs Alka Seltzer Rainbow that's new to me Silas J Hughes watching the planes go by and the year of the teddy bear most of that stuff was sent for copyright registration in the uk in september of 67 to give an idea of the timing here loads of those are new to us though it just makes you realize how much there is left to hear from those early early days moving on to another new track here's a slow fade to blue a fairly standard type of I miss you kind of love song from Bernie I've actually had a go at singing this if you can bear it have a listen baby you know that I love you too much destroy the dreams that I wanted to touch seven Obviously, I don't know that that's the melody. You can see that the number of syllables in the lines, um, and obviously the chords are the same as Gulliver in the chorus. So I thought that that might have been the melody. You don't know. He certainly did cannibalize himself on one other occasion in this era. He used a bit of turn to me as the end of harmony so perhaps he did it again here this is my guess anyway he, there seem to be two separate non-repeating bridges the whole thing is a bit difficult to understand after the verse and chorus it's got a bit of a country vibe i thought there are some interesting twists in the tonality i like this one um, he's got some annotations in the margin about how the song should be tackled the verse says bass uh, the second verse and the first bridge say heavy guitars. The second bridge says Simon and Garfunkel. And the final verse says guitar, harpsichord. This sounds like it would have been an interesting recording. I hope this turns up one day. The last of these new old songs is One Time, Sometime or Never.
really struggled to get a handle on this one musically. There's words and chords all over the place, and again, lots of non-repeating sections. I've got no idea how long any of these chords are meant to last. I know that this is a waltz because it's written all over it, but aside from that, there's not a lot to work from. I'm just playing it through to get a bit of a sense of the song. It's another lyric mourning the end of a relationship. It goes, so all day alone with my head in my knees and my malt wine to make me feel high. You went such a long time ago. Oh God, I wish I could die. Once it was bright and the moon shone each night, but now it has gone with the streams of the troubles I've seen. Where have I been? What have I seen? What is exactly the matter with one time or sometime or never? Representing the Empty Sky era are The Scaffold, Sales and Lady What's Tomorrow. The Scaffold looks like a later draft. Sales has been subject to some editing though, possibly by Elton. The original chorus ran like this. While the seagulls were screaming, Lucy was eating, carefully prepared those ham sandwiches that morning. Then we hauled up our colours the way Mother had told us. Some headline blew past. The tugs shuddered coldly. So that chorus has had the ham sandwich sliced out of it, as well as the reference to the headline blowing away and the tugs shuddering. Whoever's added the word the to the way mother had told us has not only made the line scam, but it's also made that line much more interesting. And of course the actual refrain, together we just watched the sales, isn't there. It's not clear who made any of these amendments. And then later on, the final verse originally ran, Lucy, I said in a passage of cotton kegs, can we hold hands? I'm sure it's much warmer. While the smell of wet creosote drifted round sweetly and the goals ate the crumbs of Lucy's ham sandwich. In terms of that last verse, Elton had to drop some lines. Bernie had written it two lines longer than the other verses. Because the sandwich was taken out of the chorus, it arrives totally out of the blue here, which is great. It makes it quite enigmatic as far as a sandwich can go. It's pretty enigmatic. Look up, little brother. Can you see the clover? Lady What's Tomorrow is there in two versions, one's handwritten and one's typed. The handwritten one is earlier, it's got the following as its bridge. Remember when, just like then, you were nine and I was ten, and we would run into the wood, now where the council estate is stood. Lady What's Tomorrow already lacks a bit of subtlety in terms of the lyric that ended up being recorded, in my opinion, and this earlier version is even more on the nose. It just shows the process of abstraction that some of these songs went through, Incidentally, I'd say that the song could be dated down to after September 1968, which is when Down River by David Ackles would have come into Elton Burney's hands. There's a strong similarity in the music at the point when the word remember 
is reached in both of those songs and they both use a load of direct speech. Worth mentioning at this point is my first episode at High Enton, as it's called on the lyric sheet, which is an Empty Sky era song. It was typed out on the same paper as the other songs from that era. It's got the title written in by hand afterwards. Uh, what's on the lyric sheet is basically the same as the recorded version, but the last stanza reads like this. The song's still a song. It was fun to be young, but please don't be sad wherever you are. I shall always remember the thrill of the stars. I am who I am. You are who you are. Now Valerie's a woman. What a lovely extra detail that is. I love this lyric. It's personal, but it's also universal. It's really oblique in places, but also really prosaic. I love those redundant lines like underneath the ceiling. Sometimes Bernie just seems to be using words as shapes to chisel away at. And this is an example of that, I'd say, this song. Like many place names from Bernie's youth, he's renamed it slightly when writing about it. The song is almost definitely about a relationship with a girl that lived in the village of Hainton, which is six miles pacing away from Bernie's school in Market Raisin, and even further from his home in Ownby. Maybe the welcoming doormat belonged to the very grand Hayton Hall. Maybe the castle ruins are another reference to urban exploration over at Bayon's Manor in Tealby. Who knows? Valerie. That's who knows. Valerie knows. It's worth having a look at this lyric and marvelling at what Elton ended up doing with it. It starts it off with that elegant Baroque style introduction. And then there's four very distinct sections that follow. The verse is a mournful descending thing in G minor. And it's followed by a kind of realisation, the defiant chorus, which steps up into A major. Seasons come, seasons go. And it ends with that wistful thought, Valerie is lonely, which Elton hangs perfectly in the air. What comes next is a sort of bridge section, enters really shakily in the very disconnected key of E minor, no more to roam on the snow hills of Hyantum. There's a final verse and a final chorus, you think you've reached the end of the song and then there's a bonus, an absolute final section in B flat, which is the relative major and it stands tall above the rest of the song. It acts as a kind of comment on what's come before. When he says it was fun to be young. And all throughout, Elton is weaving in this tender, yearning melody. I love this song. I don't know why it wasn't included on Empty Sky, but I don't care because Gus and Buckmaster make a really wonderful job of it. I do have to wonder whether or not they attempted it though. Other Elton John era lyrics are less interesting. There's the cage, I need you to turn to, no shoestrings on the wheeze and bad side of the moon. They're all handwritten very neatly. They're not first drafts. The same goes for your song, which is being auctioned currently by Maxine, Bernie's first wife, who owns it. Much more interesting though is the lyric entitled, And the King Must Die. Unlike the other lyrics from this era, this is typed. 
No man's a jester playing Shakespeare round your throne room floor while the juggler's act is danced upon the crown that you once wore is followed by for your popularity where told is not what it used to be. Have you anybody for me? Cries the cemetery. I don't think that's a great loss to the song. Elton striking that out. And then after what Elton used as the chorus comes the following four lines. And the king must die. All we gave to his royalty is cast aside. Such noble pride. Now the king must die. I'd say that Elton's left himself with the stronger lyrics throughout and he's left it a little more oblique as to what's actually happening. He probably added Long Live the King for himself at the end of the song. The tumbleweed lyrics, which are Son of your father, Ballad of a well-known gun, Into the old man's shoes, and My father's gun, aren't very revealing either. Once again, they're very neat. There's no annotations or changes. Talking old soldiers is a little bit more interesting. Elton's switched around the second and third verses it adds a little bit more tension um, and it makes the I know what they're saying son section come a little bit later in the song. Um, there are three sets of lyrics from the Madman era. Goodbye. Yeah, the most interesting thing about that is a drawing of a fat bunny on the lyric. Um, and the fact that the title has been added above the lyric, possibly by Elton. Rotten Peaches is pretty much as is. It's got some annotations from Elton, mostly adding in repetitions like you'll pick, you'll pick rotten peaches and rot me when he's gone is also complete and unannotated. There's no lyrics from Honky Chateau, which is kind of interesting in its own right. Bernie wrote those lyrics basically on demand at the Chateau. I don't know where they ended up, but presumably Bernie didn't get to keep them. Then uh, for Don't Shoot Me did turn up at the Chateau eventually for its recording, that was June 72, but he'd already written several lyrics in advance. Some were carried over from Honky Chateau and some he'd written for himself in May 72. Not particularly interesting is the neat, complete elderberry wine. High Flying Bird doesn't have any revisions either. It's been written up on the back of some This Record Company headed paper. Texan love song looks like the first draft, but it seems to have come very quickly to Bernie. There's a few online revisions, most notably, the eagle still flew in the sky with a lump in our throats and a tear in our eye. Now we get to see a little bit more of Bernie's working. He's stopped writing things up in neat. He's using more uh, rough drafts and obviously giving those to Elton. Elton is enough for him to work with. The lyric sheet for Have Mercy in the Criminal is an example of this. It starts out with the line, beware, you've got to watch where you walk at night. And then this seems to have led Bernie to the title. This is the first draft, but there aren't that many corrections. It's flowed very nicely. In the chorus, instead of Are You Blind to the Winds of Change, he's originally tried Can't You Hear His Voice from Love? I think that's what it says. And then Can't You Hear His Voice Out There? Don't You Listen Anymore? There's no trace whatsoever of the second half of the chorus. The saying, Lord, you got to help me bit. 
that presumably came in a bit later. It might have even been written by Elton. Another one where we can see Bernie's working is Blues for My Baby and Me. He starts off with a pastoral scene. She sketched in autumn a profile of peace on the river, brown leaves that floated like boats as light as a feather, and then that's all crossed out. And so is another verse that runs, that greyhound that brought us has left like the sun in the sky. It helped us to find out that life's worth the trouble to try. Underneath, Bernie's written, it's been a good year for a baby and me. And he's crossed that out as well, before getting started on the song proper, pretty much straight through with a few strikeouts. Instead of, there's a greyhound outside in the lane that's waiting for us, after the dad's admonishment to the girl, he says, but man, he don't know me. Later on, he's almost there with the radios play, the music is swaying some blues for baby and me. In the second verse, Bernie's a little bit more explicit about when they arrive at their destination. Your small hands were trembling when we finally got to the west. Your eyes were so wide. This is made a little bit less direct in the recorded version. The girl then goes on to say, I wonder how par is. This was his first attempt at leading back into the chorus. In the end, he went with an echo of I called you my child. Just have a look at it for yourself. It's a wonderful thing to study. Guide price three to five thousand dollars slightly earlier from april 1972 is midnight creeper which is mixed in around with stanzas from another entirely unreleased song called calamity jane This is an interesting thing. Calamity Jane, of course, was a frontiers woman, a fighter among men, a generous person, a braggart, a daredevil. One of Bernie's stanzas runs like this. She said, my name is Calamity Jane. I got 26 notches to my name. I'm a Western hero in the Hall of Fame. Jane's someone that did whatever it took to get by, including prostitution. And unsurprisingly, it's this aspect of her career that Bernie's chosen to focus on admittedly in a fairly sentimental and awestruck manner. No one I know can put on a show like Calamity Jane does inside. In her red dress and black boots and hell in her eyes, she knows what a man needs to keep him alive. It's $23 and a night by her side. Oh, Calamity Jane, heaven's the name of the house that you own on the hill. There's men who have died to be by your side and those are not born yet that will. So God bless Calamity Jane, no woman could ever touch your fame. As heroines go, you stole the show, so good night Calamity Jane. 
there's other lyrics there written in pencil which go into even more detail about what went on in the house on the hill. I'd say that this song is an obvious forerunner for Sweet Painted Lady and Candle in the Wind in terms of its content and tone respectively. I wonder why I didn't read the grade. Bernie's mind was in the same general vicinity for Midnight Creeper which he wrote concurrently with Calamity Jane. It's got some interesting bits and pieces here. There's a reference to moving around from town to town, hopping a freight train, which didn't make it into the final song. He also says weirdly at the bottom of the page, I'm going to give you a toast before crossing that out. So we'll never know what the toast was going to be. There's some wonderful lyrics in the song. uh, When there's a nightmare, I'm there. Tempting you to blow a fuse is simply brilliant. Um, Elsewhere in this era, we can now date Jack Rabbit to May 1972, so that is part of Don't Shoot Me. Um, But whenever you're ready, we'll go steady again. It was actually much later, November that year, he wrote that, so they probably weren't recorded at the same time. The latter was probably recorded during the Goodbye Elaborate Road sessions. Like I said, it's interesting stuff, this, if you're a nerd. I'm back on dry land once again Opportunity awaits me like a rat in a drain We're all hunting honey with money to burn There are lyrics for eight songs from Goodbye Elaborate Road up for auction. All of them are written in really gaudy colours. Bernie's helpfully dated all of them, which gives us the opportunity to see the order he wrote them in and how quickly they were written. So, written at the Pink Flamingo Hotel in Kingston, Jamaica on Thursday the 4th of January, were four songs, Roy Rogers, Dirty Little Girl, Jamaica Jerkoff, and Let Me Be Your Car. Sweet Painted Lady is dated Wednesday the 10th. Social Disease and Your Sister Can't Twist was Thursday the 11th. I've Seen That Movie Too was dated Friday the 19th. The Ballad of Danny Bailey was written during the actual sessions for the album at the Chateau, so it's got May on the date there. That's quite a lot to be going along with. Roy Rogers, Dirty Little Girl and Jamaica Jerkoff were all written basically straight off the bat by Bernie, which is astonishing. Sweet Painted Lady took a bit more conscious thought. At the top of the page it reads, Marilyn Monroe, lay down beside me. This is followed by a crossed out line, there's going to be stardust thrown in your hair. Then the song itself starts to come to Bernie. There's another verse here that didn't make it into the recorded version. It goes like this. The bottle used to make my eyes go blind. In the distance, something changed my mind. Like a Highland reel that's played upon a pipe. Or was it the broken heart of a whaler's wife? The title, Sweet Painted Lady, seems to be added in afterwards. There was obviously a link between Sweet Painted Lady and Candle in the Wind for Bernie, which is very interesting. Social Disease also has got a line at the top from, you know, somewhere else. It says, I caught you with him once too often um, before Bernie apparently raced through the song. Your Sister Can't Twist also looks like it was pretty effortless for Bernie. I've seen that movie too starts with a verse that seems to have led Bernie into the idea. It reads like this. Where are you going tonight, love? Can't you just give me a clue? Don't put me on any longer because I've seen that movie too. Bang. Title. 
the lyric just flows from there. You can tell by the way that I'm talking was refined to. You can tell by the lines I'm reciting, which is a vast improvement. Lovely internal rhymes there. I don't get pushed around. You can't tout your star around me, originally. Became stop touting your star like you do, which at some point will have become twinkling. The song Who Killed Danny Bailey 1909-34 to has a few corrections, nothing very important. Bernie originally had a lifestyle he lived by, dodging and hiding. There's no sign here of the actual closing couplet, a running gun youngster in a sad, restless age. Then the only lyric from the Caribou era is Cold Cold Highway, typed in all caps. There's a few changes here, including an early chorus of And I still remember, like it was today, the cold cold highway that took you away. He carried on working on this. The cold cold highway eats life. And then feeding on life with your black icy snare. That basically led him into the chorus as we know it. Then we've got five lyrics from Captain Fantastic, all of them are typewritten. The Tower of Babel is as it was recorded with the title handwritten in. Better Off Dead doesn't even have the title written on it at all. Excitingly, this has got a whole other verse. We stared through the caging on the storefront windows. Silks and satin tie pins made to measure clothes. The waiting queues just vanished with the midnight bus. In case the rain should cause their brains to rust. Each one had his reason to stare at the wall, but the reasons we shared were the best ones of all. That's a great couplet at the end there. It's great to hear Bernie's world of 1968 in Soho being extended by just a little bit. Writing's got a handwritten title in as well. Someone, maybe Elton, has actually written in the final line by hand and I like life enough to see it through. Bernie's also left a gap where the word instigate would be. That's been handwritten in as well, it's bizarre. Bitterfingers has got a couple of interesting corrections. How about the keyboard king's hollow haunted eyes? I don't like that at all. know what to say about Don't Go Breaking My Heart, which is the only Blue Moves era lyric here. Bernie's essentially written a whole different song. I'm not going to read it here. It's not very good. But someone, most likely Elton, has circled the couplet and nobody told us so nobody showed us. That and the title is all that's actually made it into the finished song. There are lots of Elton's lyrical notes all over the page as well, but these don't seem to have made it into the song either. How this meshes with the story of the song's composition, I don't know. Bernie's been quoted as saying this, we were in Barbados for Christmas, probably Christmas 75, and he came up to me and said, I really want to write something up-tempo, like a disco soul thing. So I went upstairs and started banging away on the typewriter. In five minutes I'd done something, came downstairs, just gave it to him. In the next five minutes, he finished it and it was great. 
it was one of those things that sparked off immediately. As soon as he played it, I said, well, that's going to be the next single. That's a hit. Quite how that origin story meshes with the uh, lyric we have here, I don't know. And through their tears, some say he found his best in younger years. But he just said that roots grow stronger if only he could hear. There's six sheets of notes for the song Empty Garden, which goes to show how messed up Bernie was when he was writing it. Lots of ideas were discarded as the lyric took shape. Can you come out to play? It's such a fine day for making plans. What's that you say? Johnny's gone away and left an empty garden. How come there's no one home? I've been knocking on your door all morning. I jumped over the wall and found it so still. Something must have happened. The media looked pale. What happened here? The New York City skyline disappeared. Now it all looks strange because it only took a minute to take our friend away. You can't explain why that frostbite comes in winter. Unexpectedly it strikes, cutting off in youth the most creative forms of life. Harvest in hand, he left this garden empty for a better piece of land, but he left in me the seeds to be his friend and a fan, and I'm drawn to the shade of that peaceful little place, and I find myself some days staring into space, saying, hey, hey, Johnny, can I come out to play? It feels like Bernie was struggling within the confines of the extended metaphor that he'd set up for himself, the artist as gardener. Bernie doesn't often write um, like this in such a sort of hamstrung way and it really doesn't work for me what he's left with uh, in the end feels pretty awkward and contrived even after this long process of refinement the lyrics really start to dry up at this point for some reason the only sets that Bernie's put up are those for singles there's a set for I'm Still Standing um, with original verses that run as will you ever know what it's like to lose control and reach for someone in the night. That's someone who turns out to be a dream, just a space between the sheets where she used to be. Live your life but die a while sometime. Did you really want to find me broken by your line? The joke's on you, someone else came through, and all your plans to knock me down fell apart and I sailed through. You can feel the theme of survival through a bad breakup developing as those two verses are written. Bernie then took that theme and the syllabic structure of the verse, but then not a great deal else. There's some cursory lyrics for sad songs here. For some reason, he's only written down the keywords of the song, um, including some that weren't used. Sad songs always heal. Sad songs sing themselves. Tune in, turn. That's the sort of thing. Very cursory. There's lyrics for Nikita, mixed up with lyrics that ended up in Shoot Down the Moon. You can shoot down the moon, but some things never change. Until the head is free to choose. Until I land on foreign soil again. So those songs appear to be linked for Bernie. Nikita's got some alternate lines. With eyes that look like ice on fire. Your heart's a blood red rose in the snow. And there's also a sort of storyboard that Bernie's drawn up for the video. Which has got reference to concentration camp victims. That didn't make it into the final presentation. There are pages upon pages of lyrics for Wrapper Up, 
surely one of the campest things Elton's ever done. There's loads of unused lines here, including She felt what she read. She a heavy breather. No, Mama didn't lock up her daughter. She got fancy footwork and a change of habit. When you cut her loose, she rattled like a chair. She moves like a train. In for Friday on the flyer, somebody told me there's a heavenly body and she ate flying in a Sunday chair. This sort of sounds like Beefheart style stream of consciousness stuff to me. Um, like uh, Come Together by John Lennon. When he actually gets to the song itself, it's written on just a couple of sheets of paper, but they're peppered with ladies' names, some of which maybe they made it into the 12-inch version. I don't know. I haven't heard it. I don't remember Elton or George calling out the names Enid Blyton, Ava Braun, Myra Hindley, or Mary Whitehouse in the song. The last song represented here from Elton is I don't want to go on with you like that. This starts off with the observation, once a week is not enough for me, which led him to, oh honey, I heard that one is not enough. I don't want to share you. I can't take no once a week affair. I still believe that love's for two to share. You can feel that one growing as he goes through it, but then eventually it all seems to come very quickly. Okay, so that's the end of the Elton songs. What have we learned? First off, Bernie can write very quickly. Four songs in a day in Jamaica, for example, and that's straight through with basically no revisions. You can tell by the handwriting when he's written something straight through. Um, but neatly, you know that's not the first draft. But some of them are messy, but they don't have any revisions. The lyrics don't always flow from the pen, though. So for every Roy Rogers, there's an empty garden, uh, which is the product of craft not inspiration. Bernie said that he writes titles first and you can see him doing this. He picks out a line from something he's been working on and he elevates it to title status and then he gets on with writing the song that follows from there. And sometimes in the process the theme or the focus of whatever it is that Bernie's writing about can change to one degree or another. So you get the pastoral scene becoming the greyhound getaway and the parental uh, um, worries in Blues for My Baby and Me. And you've got the description of one woman becoming a celebration of all women in Wrap Her Up. We've see seen also the obscure ways in which pairs of songs can be linked together in the writing. Shoot Down the Moon with Nikita and Sweet Painted Lady with Candle in the Wind and Calamity Jane for that matter. Look closely at these lyric sheets and you can see the exact moment that the spark comes. It's a wonderful opportunity to learn about how Bernie writes and I recommend that you take a look at them, especially if you're a songwriter. That's me done. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe in whatever way you would do that. And maybe you could put up a review for the show on iTunes. Stuff like that is very helpful to get listeners. The more listeners the more episodes I'll be encouraged to make, I guess. Thanks to iTunes user Really Brown, who's put up a lovely review up there of the podcast. You can contact me on the Facebook group for the show. Just search for Elton Podcast or via email. It's eltonpodcast at gmail.com. I'll go out with one of my favourite Elton John songs of all time, my first episode at High Anton. 
This version is a center extracted version with a fairly decent extraction of the lead vocal. So you can enjoy that and sing along for yourself. Mm -hmm. 